Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Brilliant. Uh, we're living in such exciting times as a church family, aren't we? It's so, so excited to see what God's going to do with us all as we go on this new adventure together. It's brilliant. Well, it's good to be among you all. Um, I am finishing up a, a mini series that we've called The Christ Centered Life. And if you've been here the last two weeks, um, Simon spoke on prayer and Phil spoke on worship, brilliant preachers. And this morning, I'm going to focus in on encounter with the Spirit. So let me just pray for us and then we'll get going. Yeah, Father, we just uh, thank you so much for your kindness towards us, God. We just love your presence. We just love that you've made a way for us to be in relationship with you and to know you and to hear your voice and to know your delight over us. And God, we just, we just thank you for your presence with us all through the worship. And we just pray, would you increase your presence among us, God? Would you come and meet with us, Father? Would you come and speak to us? Would you come and change us this morning? God, we are hungry for you. We don't want to leave here without having met with you, God. Such a privilege to meet with you, God. Would you come? We just give you permission. Do whatever you want to do this morning, Father. In your precious name, amen. Amen. I, I remember the first time I ever got prayed for to be baptized in the Spirit. I don't know if you can remember that time where someone puts their hands on you and prays for you to, to be filled with the presence of God. I, um, I'd been brought up going to a church. It was traditional Baptist church back in Worthing where I'm from. And it was great, but I never had heard anything about the Holy Spirit. So I didn't know anything about who he, who he was or what he did. And I had visited a few churches while I was a teenager, and I'd seen the Holy Spirit at work, but I had no idea what was going on. And honestly, it completely freaked me out. I remember one time seeing someone laughing in the Spirit, and other times people shaking as God met with them. And I made a decision, that's crazy and unsafe and I don't want anything of that I don't want the Holy Spirit I have a little bit maybe but I don't want any of that crazy stuff and then I came to Bedford as a student and I was 18 years old and I did a alpha course here at the King's Arms and as part of that alpha course um, that we went away for the weekend and we went on the Holy Spirit weekend and at that weekend I got taught about who the Holy Spirit was and what he did and then at the, on the evening on the Saturday, we were given the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the very first time. And we just needed to stand up and put our hands out and then someone would come and pray for us and God would come and fill us. And honestly, I was still a bit freaked out because I was like, what on earth? If I put my hands out, what is going to happen to me? What is God going to do? But I had seen something in the people leading the course. There was like a life behind their eyes. There was a joy that they carried that I did not have. And I remember thinking to myself, if what they've got is available to me, then I really want it. And so I took the risk and I stood up when the time was right and I put my hands out and I shut my eyes and I took a leap of faith to trust God and someone came to pray for me and it was the most amazing and beautiful encounter with, with God. It's like I felt his love flood through my body. It was like my body got warm and I just felt this intimacy and this closeness. And I remember feeling incredible peace and like I just didn't want to move. I didn't want the time to end because suddenly God had become real to me. It wasn't like I was just uh, aware of God anymore. It was, it was that I knew he was real and not only that, but he loved me and he wanted to be close to me. And it was the most amazing, amazing time. I remember, I remember crying so much because I was just over overwhelmed I was like wow God you love me and you're close to me it was amazing 
And you know, since that moment, there's been a hunger in my heart for more of God and and being filled with the Spirit and experiencing God's presence. And I have experienced God and the Holy Spirit in many different ways since then. I've experienced him with incredible peace, where everything else around me goes quiet, and I just don't want to move. I don't want to ruin what God's doing. I'm like, wow, peace. I've also experienced joy and laughing in the Holy Spirit. I've also experienced shaking in in the presence of God as he comes because he's a powerful God. I've had lots and lots of different experiences of God. And the thing is, every time I encounter God and I'm, I'm filled with his Spirit and he comes and meets with me, something gets changed. You can't help but be changed in the presence of God. Even yesterday, I was praying with a friend about some rejection stuff that had come up in my heart from my childhood. And as she prayed for me, I just felt the Holy Spirit draw near. And as he drew near, I just felt safe and comfortable. And I just expressed some pain from this particular thing that happened. And I let the pain out to God. And then 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 she prayed that the Holy Spirit would come and just heal those wounds. And I just felt the love of God just come and draw near and remind me again who he is and who he says I am. You know, when God's presence comes, it changes everything. You can't stay the same when you meet with God and encounter him. And the more I experience of God's presence, and the more I'm filled with the Spirit, the more I long for him. It's like the more I taste of what he's like, the more I long for him, hungry for his presence. Because I think for me, it's when I'm in the presence of God and when I'm encountering the Spirit that I feel most at home. I feel most myself in those moments. And I don't know if you realize this, but if you're a believer here this morning, this is not your home. Heaven is our home. We are aliens here. That's why it doesn't feel comfortable a lot of the time. Because we have been made to be in the undiluted, wonderful, radiant, all-consuming presence of God all the time. But what happens when the Holy Spirit comes and meets with us and God's presence comes and fills us, we get, we get a taste of what heaven is like. We get a taste of what it's going to be like when we go home to be with the Father. And so when God comes, it's when I feel most at home. I feel like all the stuff that could distract me just gets silenced. I feel like I just get clear perspective on who God is and who he says I am in the presence of God. And so I want to encourage us this morning to be hungry for God's presence. We're going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to speak for less time than normal, and then we're going to have a chunk of time just to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us and to meet with us and to speak to us. He knows exactly what we need, and uh, we're just going to give space for God to come. As I was preparing for this morning, I was reflecting on the story of um, Moses in Exodus and particularly an interaction he had with God which shows us his hunger for God's presence and for encounter with him. And in the story in Exodus 33, Moses has just led the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt through the sea on dry ground, and they are coming into a place of freedom and heading towards the promised land. But what happens is the people of Israel rebel against God, and so God says to Moses, "Um, you're going to go, you're going to carry on, your enemies are going to be driven out before you, you're going to come to the promised land, but I'm going to send an angel with you, and I'm not going to come with you personally, because if I come with you, I'm going to do you some damage. And he says this in Exodus 33. He says, I will send an angel before you to drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to this land that flows with milk and honey, but I will not travel among you, for you are a stubborn and rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. I don't know about you, but I could possibly be tempted to 
take that angel that God's promising me to go with me. You know, angels are very, very powerful beings. There are many stories in scriptures when angels turn up to, to speak to people, the people fall on their faces as if they're dead because angels are powerful, they're mighty. And also in this scripture, we read that God says to Moses, I'm going to send an angel and the angel's going to drive out your enemies and you're going to come to the promised land. So again, if, if God said to me, look, I'm going to send an angel, he's going to drive your enemies away, you're going to step into the promises of God over your life, I might be tempted to say, okay, great, that's fine. But what we see with Moses is that the prize for Moses wasn't his enemies being defeated or inheriting the promise God spoken over his life. The prize for Moses was God himself. The prize for Moses was God himself. And what we see is Moses goes to goes to God and seeks him and gets time with him and basically pleads him to go with them. And the father says, God says to Moses, okay, and he changes his mind. He says, okay, I will go with you, Moses, and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And you could think, well, that's, that's it then. Moses has got what he's longing for. God is going to go with him. Done deal. But what you actually see in the uh, communication between Moses and God is this deep hunger and cry in Moses' heart for God's presence. And he says, Moses says in Exodus 33:15, "If you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me, on me and your people, if you don't go with us? For your presence among us sets your people and me apart from all the other people on the earth." Moses had caught something of the priority of the presence of God. God, if you don't come with us, how is anyone going to know that your favour is on us? How is anyone going to know that we are different from any other person on the planet? It's your presence that sets us apart. Isn't that your desire in your life, that the presence of God in you would set you apart from anybody else around you? People would look at your life and see something of God and realise there's something different, that his favour rests on you. And so Moses calls out to God and God repeats again, okay, my presence will go with you. He tells Moses again, my presence will go with you. And again, you might think, great, that's a done deal. God has said twice now he's going to go with Moses. But again, you see this cry, this hunger for more of God's presence. And what happens is Moses then says to God, God, please show me your glory. (laughs) Please show me your glory. And you have this amazing interaction where Moses gets to encounter God's glory, where God causes all of his goodness to pass before Moses, and he encounters his glory. I think Moses shows us what it looks like to be hungry for God, to prioritize his presence, to be hungry, to encounter him. And what I love from this story is that what Moses teaches us is that he's not just hungry for God's presence, for the stuff he needs to do, or the promises he's going to step into, Moses is hungry for God's presence because he loves God and he wants his presence for himself. He wants intimacy with God. He wants his presence for himself. It's not just about all the stuff he's going to do, all the breakthroughs he's going to see, all the enemies he needs to defeat. It's about wanting God for himself. That's why he's hungry for him. How are we doing at being hungry for God's presence, for encounter with him? Do we realise that it's God's presence in us and working through us that's the only thing that separates us from anyone who doesn't actually know God? It's his presence that should set us apart 
If people look at our lives, they should see something different that points to him. How hungry are we for his presence? How much have we grasped that without, the, without him we can do nothing, but with him anything is possible? How hungry are we for his presence in our lives? And I think what we see of Moses in Exodus actually points us to Jesus. It points us to a bigger and better rescue. And it also points us to a beautiful time when Jesus makes it possible for everyone to experience his presence. You know, before Jesus came, the Holy Spirit would only fall on certain people for certain purposes. And the presence of God was restricted to the temple. But because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, he's made it possible for every believer to be filled with the Spirit, to be filled with his presence, to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. What an amazing privilege that we actually get to host the very presence of God in our lives. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing that we get to encounter him. We get to come straight into his throne room, face to face with him and encounter his presence. Where Moses led the nation of Israel out of slavery to Egypt, through the, through the sea on dry ground into freedom, Jesus, through the cross, has made it possible for every believer, every person, to come to the Father. Jesus has made it possible for us to be set free from sin and the separation that we face between us and the Father and to come into relationship with the Father. And if you're here and you're not Christian this morning, <coughs> you need to know that Jesus loves you very much and that he's died on the cross for you because he wants you to come into relationship with the Father as well. When Moses teaches us what it looks like to be hungry for God and to prioritise his presence, what we see with Jesus is that he underlines the importance and the priority of the Holy Spirit. In fact, just before Jesus goes back to heaven, he says to his disciples, don't go anywhere or do anything until you have been filled with the Spirit. Until you have been filled and empowered by the Spirit. Acts chapter 1, it says... He says to the disciples, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Where we see Moses crying out to God and saying, don't send us out from here without your presence. We see Jesus command his followers, don't go anywhere until you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. And in a moment, we're going to take a chunk of time just to invite the presence of God to come and to fill us and to speak to us. But let me just tell you a few things, a few of the wonderful things that happens when God shows up, when we encounter his presence, when we're filled with the Spirit. There are amazing things that happen. This is not an exhaustive list because nothing is impossible with God. So anything can happen when he comes. But let me just tell you a few things. First thing, in God's presence, people experience joy. Psalm 1611 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. When God comes, sometimes people laugh. I remember encountering God like this for the first time. It was a little bit odd, to be honest, and it's a bit embarrassing because it's very difficult to stifle a laugh when you really get going, and everyone hears it. But I remember laying on the floor and meeting with God and laughing and laughing and laughing. I had no idea what he was doing. But I realized a little while afterwards that the stomach condition I would wrestle with and struggle with had been healed through joy, through laughing. It's like God was, through the joy, he was dealing with all the anxiety and the stress and the tension that I was holding in my tummy and he was getting rid of it and I, he healed me through laughing. 
Amazing. We can also know peace and comfort and hope and faith and boldness. Basically, anything God is like, you can encounter when his presence comes because it's him who's coming. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God on the earth. So anything that God is like, we can encounter when he comes. In God's presence, people get to experience who God is as their father, who who we are as sons and daughters. Jesus says to his disciples, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Just before he goes back to heaven, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. How has he come to us? Through the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to cry, Abba, Father. It's the Holy Spirit who shows us that we're sons and daughters. One of the names Jesus gives the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth. He comes to guide us into all truth. He comes to reveal the truth to us, Jesus. But also when we're reading the Bible, when we're reading his word, when we're reading the truth in scripture, that's why it's so important to invite the Holy Spirit to be with us as we read because he will lead us into all truth. He will give us revelation when we're reading what's written in God's word. In God's presence, people are convicted of their sin. They're able to repent They're able to draw nearer to the Father and to each other. You know, when we sin, it separates us. puts a separation between us and the Father and us and other people. But when the Spirit comes, he wonderfully and beautifully and gently convicts us of sin so that we can repent and deal with that sin and come back into relationship with each other and also know deeper connection with the Father. And in God's presence, there's power. When God comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, people get healed emotionally, physically. People get set free from spiritual oppression anything's possible and uh, this book is one of my favorite books it's about the Azusa Street revival that happened in America and the thing I love about the 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 story of the Azusa Street revival was the presence of God was so thick that eyewitnesses explained that it was like a thick mist and that actually some of the kids used to play hide and seek in in the glory of God some people tried to bottle it but they couldn't they tried to bottle the glory and then they take it away and it would disappear Sometimes fire engines were called because on multiple occasions people thought the building was on fire because they literally saw tongues of fire on the top of the building. The presence of God was so thick. Let me just read you one story. I witnessed a man's fingers actually grow back. Langford told me about a man who had gotten two fingers caught several weeks earlier in some type of machine. And before he knew it, the machine had ripped off two of his fingers. The man had heard astonishing miracles happened at the Azusa warehouse, so he came with the expectation of getting healed. Brother Lankford shocked the man by asking, can we see what God will do? The man, somewhat puzzled, replied, what do you mean? Well, let's ask God to grow them out. Lankford was very bold and outspoken. With the man's approval, Lankford grabbed the man's hand and instructed him to put it up in the air. Holding the man's hand up high and with Sister Langford holding his arm, Langford began to pray. As soon as the man's fingers began to grow out, Sister Langford passed out from the sight of such a miracle. As Brother Langford held firmly to the man's hand, they watched the miracle happen before their very eyes. Langford started taking the man around, shouting that his fingers had just grown out. You could hear Langford cry out, these weren't here before. Look, God grew these fingers out. The man stood next to Langford in shock with his mouth open in amazement. Before the miracle was over, even the man's fingernails grew out as he was made whole. Isn't that amazing? Story after story after story of God doing miracles. And so we're going to take a chunk of time just to invite God to come and to see what he wants to do. 
But before we do that, let me just explain that when God comes, when, when the Holy Spirit comes, it can look different for every single one of us. There is a massive spectrum of what it can look like when God comes and meets with us. So can I borrow you guys? Yvonne, you go that way. I don't, I don't mind. I don't know what I'm doing. You go that way. Okay. So I'm going to switch it up for that reason because I know what's in your head. So... Uh, so this is a spectrum, okay, of what, when God comes, what happens, what, what happens to us, what it could look like. So at this end of the spectrum, Yvonne is here, and this is like the dove. When the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus at his baptism, it became like a dove. Sometimes it's very peaceful. It's quiet. It's still. It's like everything else is silenced around you. It's deep. There's revelation. There's healing. It's, it's amazing when God comes like that, like a dove. The other end of the spectrum, we have Ali. And you know, the Holy Spirit also came like fire. So this is the fire end, okay? And when Ali meets with the Holy Spirit, no, you never know what's going to happen. It's loud, shouting, laughing, crying, loud tongues, shaking. It's just big and loud, okay? God can come in these two extremes and everywhere in between. Here's what's really important. The most important thing is that we say to the Father, God, however you want to meet with me, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. I just want you. The minute we start putting conditions on God, I'm happy to meet with you like this, but not like that, or the other way around, we stop the flow. We block what God wants to do. And what's really important is that we don't judge anyone else for how they're meeting with God. The danger with this people at this end of the spectrum is that we look down that end and we say, oh my gosh, attention seeker, I'm just trying to enjoy Jesus. They're a nutter. They should keep it quiet. They probably, they've clearly got issues. They're over-emotional. Would somebody please keep them quiet? Okay? If we're at this end of the spectrum, we look down that end, and we just say, oh, bless. <laughs> then they're a bit uptight. They really need some freedom because they're just a little bit stiff and uptight. And God, please give them some of what I have. Okay? The issue is most of us are somewhere in the middle. We're, we're somewhere in the middle, and what's brilliant for us is we get to judge both ends. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not that uptight, but I'm also really grateful I'm not that crazy. Here's what happens when you judge. What judgment does is it, stop, it shuts your heart off from what God wants to do in you. And here's the key thing. We've got to just say, God, I'm not putting any conditions on this. That was the journey I had to go on. I used to say to God, I don't want it that crazy, but I want it a bit more than that. And then I got to a point of, God, whatever you want to do, I don't care. I just want you. I just want your presence. Because I know it's your presence that sets me apart from anyone else on the planet. When your presence comes, I get changed. And that's what I long for. I want to know you, God. And so we're going to pray. And we're going to do it without judgment. Okay, so why don't we stand to our feet? Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Why don't you just focus on God? His presence is already here. Maybe just put your hands out in front of you if you feel comfortable doing that. And just, just a couple of things and then we're just going to let God come. So I feel like, first of all, some of you here, you can't remember a time when anyone's laid hands on you to pray for you to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. That experience I talked about at the beginning, you, that's never happened to you, to your knowledge. And I want us to pray for you this morning. Because the Holy Spirit will make all the difference to your walk with God. 
So if that's you, can you just be brave and just stick your hand up real quick? If you've never had that time when someone has put their hands on you and prayed for you, brilliant, thank you. Anyone else? I think there might be a few people around. There's some people there. Okay. If that is you, in a minute, when I invite people forward, I want you to come to this side of the stage here. And the ministry team are going to pray for you to be baptised in the Holy Spirit for the first time. And uh, you're going to have a great time over there. So when I say that, just come forward. For the rest of us, I just want to invite those of us who are feeling like today, I just want more. I just, I just want more of God's presence today. I just want more of God's presence. I want to encounter him. I want to know him more closely, whatever it looks like. I want you to quickly come to the front. And I know it's going to be messy, but just come. Just come into the space at the front. If you're saying today, God, I just want more of your presence. I'm hungry for you. Show me your glory. If you're crying out like Moses and you're saying, show me your glory, God. Come to the front quickly. Come up right. Fill up all the gaps. Fill up all the gaps. Keep coming. Keep coming. Don't be afraid to come forward. Fill up all the space here. There's lots of people.